Thanks for listening to the Piercing Talk Show. My name is David Angelus, and I pierce out a talisman tattoo in Plymouth, England. I've been piercing full-time for five years, and I'm a member of the United Kingdom Association of Professional Piercers. As an avid historian, as well as a piercer, I wanted to document the past of our industry, as well as collate the voices of today. I've invited some friends, colleagues, and industry idols to come speak to me about their experiences in the historic and modern British piercing industry, in hopes that we can all grow as piercers by learning about where we've been. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Piercing Talk Show. Um, this week, I'm really, really excited and genuinely honoured to be asked to um, help promote the new APP Benelux, um, who launched two days ago on um, the 1st of March. Um, they um, they tied it in with um, the day they were allowed out of lockdown again, which um, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous of, if only because I want to be out of lockdown again. But um, yeah, um, I'm not going to do too much of an intro this week. I've got um, Geraldine, um, the, um, uh, the new vice president, and Ico, the secretary. Um, Stuart Hoffman, um, the president, went on um, Piercing Wizard, and that was released on, on Monday, and now I'm really honoured to have two other members of the board. Um, they're going to tell us all about how the organisation was set up, um, the standards, the challenges that they've faced, both setting up the organisation and just generally that um, piercers in, in Northern Europe face when uh, when trying to step up standards. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to be a part of it um, and uh, I hope you enjoy the interview. So I'm here with um, Ico, um, who's the secretary of APP uh, Benelux, and Geraldine, who's vice president of um, APP Benelux. Um, do, you, do you both want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. I'm Aiko, and piercing for I think about five years on and off. Um, started in small shop, then owned my own shop, and then just joined another shop. Um, that's about my career, uh, small career, but been doing, been trying to get to APP or well, APP, the, the the big association, and mm-hmm. trying to get my standards up to there from starting when I started. Um, I wanted to get to that level, but it takes time. Yeah. Yeah, that's reasonable. I'm, I'm, I'm a UK APP member, but I'm not an APP member yet. Um, the standards yeah. are the same now, so it would just be a case of putting in my paperwork, probably. But um, yeah, it's um, it, it took me two, two years from learning what the organization was to becoming a member, trying to get everything in place. So it's, it's not. Like, it's definitely a work in progress for a lot of people. Um, yeah. What about you, Jody? Um, I'm piercing since three years professionally. Okay. <laughs> um, so, but I'm still in the same shop I've always been. So they um, started me out from the beginning. Um, and I have complete freedom um, towards piercing. Cool. Um, so that gave me the opportunity to grow and grow pretty fast, actually. So I think I was piercing two months when I discovered Piercer Babes, uh, the group on Facebook. Yep. And um, from there, I learned about the APP and everything that comes with it. So, it, yeah, I think uh, after two months, I just threw out everything that I had and just stored it home. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Okay. That group's um, that group's amazing. Like, obviously, I'm, I'm not part of it myself, but like everyone <laughs> who I know is a part of it. It's it has, probably talks about it higher than any other piercing forum. Like, everyone seems to really love it. It's amazing. 
So, um, yeah. okay, what is your, what, what's your earliest memory that's relating to piercing? When do you first remember seeing, like, piercings and thinking, like, oh, wow, that was cool, I really like that? Or... For me, it was, I think I was 13 or 14 years old, surfing the web and uh, stumbled upon BME, just the, the website, and I was like, ooh, this is cool, and started looking at the, yeah, the scarifications and everything and, and the, the cool piercings people did. And that's how I got introduced to it. I got my first piercing when I was, I think, 16, maybe 15. Uh, just getting my ears pierced, uh, started stretching them, then get my septum pierced, and it wasn't, it wasn't really natural. It was some part of me that I discovered and was there, and it was part of me for the rest of my life, well, up till now. Cool. I am, um, BME was a big thing for me. Um, and it's only actually come up, we're like, this is the eighth episode of this podcast. Um, and apart from you and, and, and me, it's only, a, it's only come up one other time. Um, and I, I really, like, I was really surprised. I thought people would be talking about it like every, every single one, because it was such a big mm -hmm. thing. For, yeah, like, for me as well. But yeah, I'm only 27. So it was, I found BME when yeah, it was a, at its highest point so it was cool to see all those pictures uh, it was also everything was free now if you go on the website you have to pay for everything it's such a shame yeah and we yeah i think when i was using it i, I, I got into it like 2004 2003 kind of time um and um you had to pay for i am unless you wanted to yeah. like continually submit stories and photos and things like that which i just i like i was never on i am i think i had like I submitted a few stories and I got the access, but I just never used it. Um, did you use the platform? Did you use IAM? Or? Um, I didn't use IAM. Um, the reason was I didn't have a credit card at that time. Okay. And, and, and I was too young to submit something because I wasn't doing piercings myself. So yeah. uh, so I never got a chance to, to see the, the IAM form. Okay. But yeah. Cool. So when did, uh, when did you start like learning to become a piercer? Was that something that you just left school and went, right, I'm gonna go be a piercer now? or? Well, it was, oh, I quit school and I was working at, at a, yeah, Konrad, it's a, how do you say it, a retail store and I was getting tattooed and, and it just went very natural. It was like a shop near my place. It was like, yeah, we're looking for a piercer uh, uh, and I just went and applied, uh, got my apprenticeship because it was shit. It was three months and here, here, do whatever you want. I was like, fuck, I don't know shit, but yeah. <laughs> Learned yeah. a lot myself. <laughs> yeah, I feel you there. Mine was was very similar, um, uh, and I quite like telling those, those those stories, especially in the UK and and, and Europe, because it, like I don't know, uh, I think for, for the UK, like being able to get like what I would consider now an apprenticeship in a a, a wide variety of studios has really only been possible in the last maybe three three years, but before that, you know. It, Pretty much just the wild west, you know. Yeah. And um, what about you, Geraldine? What's your first What's your first piercing memory? Uh, my first piercing memory. I think I was about uh, fifteen. I think uh, we went to a small festival um, here in town. It was like a bad rock thing, um, and there was a contest. Yeah, there was not really a contest, but some people from uh, a smaller band that did the pre-show, or I don't know how it, it's called in English, yeah. um, they were running around with these pins, you know, that you put on your clothes, 
okay. from their band and they said if you pierce this somewhere in your body you can get like you could get like a free album and a t-shirt or whatever but if you're feeling anything that's free is like yay so yeah um, my friend wanted to pin it in her ear and then she was afraid to push it through and then for me it was like natural to just go stick it in <laughs> I was so on it <laughs> I love the feeling of it so I, I started looking into it but more in the classic way so I really got into piercing uh, when I um, known about uh, Maria Tash okay. then I went more into the classic I uh, started meeting brands like yeah, Anatomical and whatever. Uh, but I'm not very into modification and stuff like that. It's not my mood. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. drink a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like something. Yeah, modification is something that I got, like. There's a few kind of minor things that I wouldn't mind doing, but I would, nothing heavy. But it's, it's really my thing. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always interesting. Like, I love seeing people do that kind of thing yeah. to their body, but, like, yeah, it's just not not, not my thing. Yeah, my clients are also, like, uh, women between 25 and 35 who yeah. just wanted a curated ear. So it's more my, the classic way of <laughs> piercing. Yeah, that's, that's fair. My clientele is much the same. Um, it wouldn't prevent me, like, if I want wanted, like, you know, something removed or, you know, like a heavy modification on my face. I'd still, you know, like I'd, I'd go for it. I think my clients would probably adapt, but um, I, I would probably spend a lot of time explaining it. And I don't yeah. know that I could be bothered, if I'm honest. Yeah, I have the same. I, I got my tongue split years ago. When, and now when I'm talking to clients, some clients are like, what, what's up with your tongue? I'm like, oh, no, not this story again. <laughs> but yeah. I just go with it, and if they're young, I just scare them and say, "Yeah, when I was young, I cut my my tongue with a with a knife when I was eating, and yeah, they had to do that." But most of the time, people are like, "You do you." Yeah, so yeah. Cool. I never noticed it when people have a split tongue. I never see it. Like now, I didn't even know he had a split tongue. <laughs> How long have you two known each other? <laughs> we we know each other a year, I think, through social media. Okay. Yeah, but and all the meetings we did. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's always on through computer, so harder to notice, I think. Maybe, maybe. Has that like is is your sorry? I don't I, I, I like I try and avoid the subject of COVID as much as I possibly can because the whole reason I started this was because I wanted, I didn't want to think about COVID. Um, <laughs> Um, is how how's like that region of Northern Europe? Has it has, have you had a lot of lockdowns? Has it been quite in and out for you? Or? We're still in lockdowns. Okay. Um, tomorrow we can open again. So the first of March we can open again, but we'll see how long it will last because numbers are rising again. Yeah. I doubt it will be long. Yeah, we close November second. Right. So four months will be. And um, before that, it was three months, I think. Yeah, from yeah. March, no, March. two months, March to May. Oh, yeah. So 15th of March to around the 17th of May. Okay. So, yeah. so you've had like two longer ones, whereas we've had like, we have March to July, and then we shut for, shut for November. Then they introduced a tier system, so some people opened and some people didn't, and then they shut us all down again at the beginning of January. 
um, and then we're still in lockdown now. So and we're scheduled to start piercing again on April 12th in England, and then Scotland is like, I think May, and mm. Wales, they've said like, maybe March, but they're not being very definitive about it. So yeah, we're not really sure how that's gonna um, go yeah. yet. But yeah, anyway, I'm gonna try and move on from COVID really quickly because I really like <laughs> touch on that subject too much. I just start thinking about the prices of gloves and crying. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was during during uh, Ryan's class. I was like, I'm going to check for sterile gloves because I only have two boxes left. I'm like, hmm. okay, I'll check my normal. It's like, what the fuck, seventy five euros? Ooh. Holy crap! I'm gonna search somewhere else. Yeah. But, <laughs> crazy the price is fucking 75 i used to pay like 38 or 40. okay it's almost doubled so if, if there's um i'll maybe message you afterwards because you can it, it might be cheaper for you to get them from england and yeah from santa cross i uh, um, i think i had a box from england but they yeah they weren't sturdy enough in my okay. for my opinion but Fair enough. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, um, weirdly, sterile gloves haven't risen all that much in price. It's just barrier gloves have for us, so yeah. non-sterile gloves. Um, they've tripled or quadrupled, but to the point where it is now yeah. the same price for me to use a pair of sterile gloves than it is to use a pair of exam gloves, or like non-sterile gloves. Um, crazy. So yeah, I don't know why sterile gloves didn't go up, but... Yeah, yeah but because last, like, uh, so after the first lockdown, prices of gloves were around 40 so it was like yeah okay they went a little up but now 75 is it's crazy yeah that is, but, yeah. That is a lot do you, do you mind me asking basically do you supply all your own stuff or does your studio supply your stuff or uh, i i need to supply everything except um yeah non-sterile gloves but the rest i uh, order myself even uh optim wipes and everything i order myself just yeah. because i want to use it yeah, but you, Geraldine, do you, you, do you supply your own or do you? I supply everything myself. Okay. That's also the reason that I can do whatever I want is that I have to supply everything myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, anyway, I might just kind of move on to asking about um, um, APP Benoit, if that's okay. Um, yes. How long have you been trying to put the organization together? Started, um, I started um, March uh, the 4th of March. There was a class. Just before lockdown. Yeah, just before lockdown, there was a, cla a class from Ryan in Dusseldorf. Sorry. Dusseldorf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, and he was going to do the same in Manchester, so I started, I uh, subscribed for the one in Manchester, but then I was like, I don't know any piercers here, so maybe it's better that I go to Dusseldorf, so I network because I knew a lot of piercers in the UK because of the UK APC that, at the conference. Um, but then I went to Dusseldorf and I met um, Ferry, West and Lina, who are also members of the APP Benelux, and I just started talking to them about APP, um, and it started put me into thinking. And then apparently Emmy, who's also on our board, tried to already uh, create an APP a few years ago. It didn't work, circumstances. Um, so we tried again this time. 
and but it's from March somewhere that we started. Uh, so yeah, I think three days into lockdown, I got a message by Stuart. Hey, dude, um, we're getting online with some pieces of uh, Belgium and Netherlands. Want to join? I was like, yeah, sure. We'll see what happens. And a, a year later, we're launching. Cool. Crazy. So had you you all you all knew each other beforehand? Did you like met at conferences and? I met. I personally met Stuart, Emmy, uh, Ferry at uh, BMXnet, and some other piercers I met at a, a seminar from Ryan in Amsterdam. Um, but yeah, yeah, and Wes I know because of the punk scene here in Belgium. We go to a lot of shows together, so I knew him already. Uh, we did our first suspension together, so. That's how I got to know him and the rest. Mostly, I, I got to know online because of lockdown. Okay. And is that the same for you, Geraldine? Did you, did you, you said you've been to UKPB before? Or? Yeah, I went to a conference and there I met Lena, but in passing. So we didn't really connect. Okay. Um, but I knew some piercers from the Piercer Bay group, so we started hanging out, and then but I stayed within the UK, yeah, within the UK piercers, actually. Um, also, I didn't know there were other Dutch piercers at UK, so I didn't really network. <laughs> um, but um, with the Dusseldorf and also social media, you know, you, start, you know each other, but you don't know each other, so it was pretty fast. Um, I had a really good talk with Ferry uh, when we were in the in Ryan's class in Düsseldorf. So he was actually my first point to go to to ask, and uh, from there I started adding other people that he told me because Ferry knows Ferry knows. Uh, yeah, Ferry knows a lot of people. He does. Yeah, so everyone knows Ferry. <laughs> okay, cool. He's a very social guy, so that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You need those people. Like, <laughs> I imagine you, like, at least, I mean, obviously I've not been part of setting up a, a, an organization like that. Um, but yeah, I imagine you need those people who are super people oriented and go out and make those connections because I, I don't know, that wouldn't be work for me. But like, I, I couldn't just go out there and put myself out there and constantly be like, hey, come join my group. Like, I, I, that's, that's, I couldn't put myself out there like that. <laughs> So, um, did you have obviously in the when when UK UK APP was was setting up, um, they had the Facebook group, which kind of my understanding is it came a little bit beforehand. Um, so they started off with a, a kind of a, a Facebook group, which was just kind of educational and for peers to to meet up, and then UK APP kind of grew out of, of there. Um, have you got a similar infrastructure um, in like Northern Europe or? Yeah, Emmy started a Facebook group um, when she started the with the APP Benelux as well a few years ago. The group still exists, um, so we're also going to keep that group, just change it probably to APP Benelux. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the the webinars and, and everything are are shared on there. Uh, if anybody needs help, uh, they can just ask a question. There's always always someone who, who will try and help, but it's a small group. I think it's with like yeah. twenty people. No, I'm uh, not even sure. Yeah, it's, it's quite small. Then I mean, like we've got 
the UK one's got like 900 people now, to be honest. Apparently, it's like obviously yeah. not 900 people actually posting and really replying in it. It's, it's probably maybe less 50, 50 or so that are, are kind of actively engaging with it constantly. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's gone really huge now. Um, so, what, what were the first steps you took? I mean, uh, that, it seems like such an enormous task to create an organization like that. Um, yeah, how do you even begin to start setting up an organization like APP Balance? We had a lot of Zoom meetings, but a lot like once every week meetings, talking, putting up, listening to what everybody has to say, um, looking for same, um, the same ideas, things that come around, come back, see, just look what, what everybody wanted, what their goals were. Um, and then I think Stuart was, yeah, the, the, the driving person behind it and still is. It's crazy what he does, what he has done. Um, but yeah, he connected the dots. Cool. I think the, the first step was indeed like uh, checking what the goals were, uh, why we wanted uh, the association. Um, so we had, I think, a meeting or six, seven meetings like that. And then we started splitting everyone into groups. So somebody, we had a little group that did PR membership, um, all the legal stuff, uh, website, you know. So we started working in smaller groups on that. And when we were finished, we started again with the big meetings and connecting the dots. Um, but it was actually way easier than I thought it would be. Okay. It was pretty. A lot of a lot of the peers were on the same level. Um, we started, I think, with twenty people in the beginning. Yeah, we're twelve some, now. Yeah, um, there's some people eight. dropped. Um, it's normal, I think. Uh, yeah. Not only because they weren't yeah, on the same page as us, they were. Yeah, I don't know why some left. Um, um, some of them left because they weren't going to meet APP level after a few years because they didn't own their shop, so they could realize certain points. Um, and others just been there before and didn't believe. Didn't believe you were going to do it. Didn't believe you were going Well, I'm glad you proved them wrong. I genuinely am. <laughs> so, um, you say you kind of you started off kind of defining goals. Um, do you remember? Do you mind me asking what those goals are? Have you got like a kind of almost like a constitution or? We have, at the moment we have a five-year plan, um, okay. just like UK APP had. Um, just minimum standards, upping up the game every year. Um, but we, what my intention was was creating an environment where peers can ask questions, can get help. Uh, and get ed education that was for me was the main goal uh, okay. the educational part and helping each other yeah for me it was the level of um, safety and hygiene to get that up to par because i have i think the closest quality piercer that i have is like almost the other side of the country i am all alone <laughs> there's nobody around me so that, uh, for I'm me, thinking, that was the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. Antwerp is, is the nearest 
Okay. Yeah, they're half half, so they're half really good quality, and then they're half. Um, yeah, they they use really good quality jewelry, but they also use the the externally threaded. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think a lot of piercers in Belgium, Netherlands, Luxembourg, even in the UK, I think a lot of piercers still use crap jewelry. Yeah. But. Yeah, there's a lot of it in the UK. Um, I I don't think we get as much kind of like half and half in. So I, I, I like to think that the vast majority of piercers who are stocking brands like Inar Metal, Industrial Strength, Near Metal, um, Juniper, um, are probably not stocking like external thread, you know? Like they're probably yeah. sticking to, to implant grade stuff. Um, even if maybe not all of it is from those really high-end brands. Yeah. Um, did you like um it was one of the big things for for uk app was that they were organizing around issues like um I don't, I don't know if you're aware but there was some kind of there was a question in the uk over whether female genital piercings were legal and it was kind of assumed they probably were legal or at very least you weren't going to get arrested and charged for performing them even though they were probably they were technically illegal um but understandably a lot of piercers wanted clarification around that um, and um, the other issue was just the standardization because uh, one council you could be like two miles away from each from from a different you know and have completely different legal standards of what was okay in a piercing studio and so they wanted standardization yeah. um, have you any challenges like that like in your own countries that you hope that APP Benelux can try and take on or not in our uh, in, in Belgium everything is pretty the same in every country in every city but we there's a lot of difference between belgium and the netherlands or with belgium and luxembourg that's crazy uh the netherlands is way stricter than what we you know we can use whatever glove we want we, we can use whatever jewelry we want it's fucked up but you can yeah. do whatever you want just <laughs> we don't have any rules <laughs> yeah we have a, a hygiene courses I think how long is it three days two days and then an exam yeah two days and an exam I knew when I went after day one I was like okay this is going to be boring and at day two we were always outside smoking a cigarette <laughs> basically um, a hand washing course and a, a bloodborne pathogen but speed course yeah so okay. even speedier than it actually is um, and that's it that's it's Almost. And how to don sterile gloves. Yeah, how to put on sterile gloves. <laughs> Nobody uses them in Belgium. You don't have well, to. not a lot of piercers use them. I know I do, I know Lucas uses them, but I know a, a lot of piercers that don't use them. And Geraldine, you use sterile gloves as well then? So, yeah, 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 I do. I mean, I, I, to be honest, it's a bit of a step forward because we're not required to do any of that in the UK. Like, we're not required to have a blood pathogen certificate, we're not required to be able to demonstrate any kind of health and safety knowledge you have like when your environmental health officer comes in to give you your license they give you a little bit of a quiz about your premises and then as long as you pass that quiz then you get it and it's not like a formalized thing he'll just think of a few questions um yeah. sorry they'll they'll just think of a few questions and off the top of their head i mean one of mine was where is the mop is kept where's the mop kept like that doesn't like that's the kind of standard that we're in um, yeah, when I am when I had my own studio, um, I had it for three years, and 
normally yearly, the health inspection comes check. I was like, okay, year one passes by, nobody to see, okay. Second year, somebody came and I was like, okay, yeah, you want to see my log of uh, my sterilization? I oh, know, I don't need that. Let me see the inks. I was like, inks? What inks? I oh, yeah, for the tattoo artist. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Why? Oh, yeah, we need to see the bottle, the expiration date. Okay, good, good. And I was like, and that's it? Yeah, yeah, I only need to see that. So I, you don't want to see my sterilization room? You don't want to check it? No, 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 no. Um, that's okay. I was like, what the fuck? Okay. It's, it's exactly why I think organizations like um, APP Benelux and UK APP are important. Because yeah. it, it, we can just demonstrate to clients, like, hey, the, you can go and Google these standards. They aren't wrapped up in, like, God knows how much legislation that you've got to read through. You can just go on the website, you can see the standards, and you can see that I'm hitting it because I've got the certificate on the wall. Um, but, yeah. yeah, why I think organizations like this are, are so very important because it, it really provides a really accessible way for clients to be able to see your standards of hygiene without it being, yeah, really difficult to, to actually understand through the, the environmental health officer or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you mentioned that you've got a five five year plan. Um, do you mind me asking what like what your and it's probably quite long, but like what what are your opening standards? What kind of do they deal with like space or jewelry or like? Um, we start pretty heavy actually. Cool. Almost all the rules are in year one, um, except for jewelry. Okay. Um, so with, with the jewelry we go slow um purely because we have a few very very big shops in belgium and the netherlands who have had stock for 20 plus years so to interchange that to quality it takes time yeah. so purely for that reason we give them time i think it's in year three that they cannot use it anymore but they can still sell it until year four so for the jewelry we go pretty slow um, from year two we do however um, refuse them buying externally credit uh, mm -hmm. but they can still use and sell what they have um, but we don't um, accept any invoices that have externally credit on okay. um, but yeah just because there's just a few really really big shops that we just don't want them they are almost where we want them to be, so it would be rude to just like trigger those. Yeah. Uh, but the other stuff is almost everything is in year one, except um, bloodborne pathogen is from year two. And then the constructional things like uh, have a sink inside your room and have a completely closed off room is in year five. I think really when you have to start uh, construction works <laughs> we give you five years <laughs> yeah and even now because because of all covid situation not a lot of people have the the money to, yeah. to do all that shit uh, i'm glad i i have i'm ready until year five i just need to build the wall and i'm finished but yeah i don't have the money for building a wall at the moment no that's reasonable yeah. like i don't think my studios do at the moment um and you, um, so your year five standards are they are they identical to APP standards or are they higher or they're just identical to APP standards? They are identical, but 
we will also uh, do the sterile gloves will be a requirement. Really? Uh, I think Ooh. You know, yeah. yeah. You'll be the first ones to do yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know where APP will be in five years, but... I think that the VPP, the German... Uh, Association. Yeah? yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I, I think Jane mentioned it, that they also require sterile gloves. Okay. Well, that's that's, that's yeah. cool. It's a, it, you know, it's a, 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 I, 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 I kind of go back and forth on this. I don't necessarily think that sterile gloves should be a minimum standard. I think that asepsis should be a minimum standard, but I appreciate that asepsis yeah. is very difficult to do without sterile gloves. Like it can be done. I don't know why you'd want to use that many tools when you could just use sterile gloves. Yeah. But I think yeah, asepsis should be a that's, minimum. That's standard. my that's my my thought as well. But that's why I think most of us use use needles and not uh not the catheters okay yeah 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 I, I don't know a lot of piercers that use cannulas in but <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> but but if you're using both. yeah sorry i use both maybe uh, yeah yeah i've 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 never used cannulas yeah i i i used them but i didn't like it and yeah. never went back to them but i'm thinking to changing that because or like forward helixes and, and, and like those things, I think that can be very beneficial to use a cannula. Yeah. Yeah. I've... Yeah. See, I was taught with cannula and then I transitioned to blades. There is still one very specific piece of jewelry that I use a cannula for. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not going to name it, but the way that it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a style of cut. It's a, sorry, it's a style of clicker. And the way that clicker is cut, you either have to upsize in, your needle um yeah. and it's already a, already comes in 14 gauge minimum so you'd have to go up to 12 gauge um and reasonably you yeah. can only put a clicker in a septum or a, most of the time you're only going to put it in a septum or a dave i don't know that necessarily forcing someone to have a 12 gauge needle put through them in that area just for me to get a for like there then i will use a cannula that's the only thing i use i use them for but like I, i've got no like sort of axe to grind with them i know a lot of really accomplished piercers um it's it was very standard in the uk like most of us i think were probably taught with cannulas blades came along yeah. came along later yeah i think in belgium as well but yeah i just didn't like the feeling of the cannula it's so long it's very like bulky yeah smoking with yeah didn't feel natural to me they are good for septums. Yeah. yeah. And no, they, okay. I also use a cannula. Mm, okay. All the others I use blades, but it goes like oral just because I have the extra security of yeah. <laughs> when I take the needle out, there's something in it. <laughs> there's something there just in case. Yeah, it does make jewelry transparent. Yeah. 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 A little bit more. Yeah. Losing the connection in the tongue is so fucking annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all so slippery, so I just, I just prefer it. That's that, yeah, no, that's bad. <laughs> I can't argue yeah. with that at all. Um, yeah. So, uh, how about um, like, so you say you've got twelve members. You're launching with twelve members. Um, how yeah. how are people kind of like going about applying? Do you think you're like, have you got a lot of interest of, in applying, or um, do you think you'll probably not find that out till tomorrow? Or? I know I know some people, uh, some people, some piercers uh, contacted me already uh, because. I asked them in the beginning if they wanted to help, and they were like, me. Mm. So I just sent them a message, I think yesterday, we'll check this in two days, we'll be launching. I just spammed them all again. Um, just check it out if you want to join. If you need help, 
text me, text anyone on the board or any one of the members and we'll see. Uh, we, we can try to help you if you need information, if you need education. We're all, to help. We're all here to help. And is it just pieces for the time being and studios that you're taking on? Are you, um, obviously like for APP, I don't know about UK APP actually, I assume they can, but um, you can become like a corporate member, you can be a jewelry company who's a member of the APP. Um, are you, are you going to, Are you? Th is that something that's a goal for the future or is that something you can do now or? We're already looking into it. So we already have a few brands who give a discount, but are not corporate sponsors yet. Um, but we're still checking with the APP for the rules and everything that they use for the corporate sponsors. Um, so, but it, it will be short term, um, the goal. Um, so yeah, for the brand that wants. <laughs> <laughs> what are your, uh, like, how, how do you want to see this, like, this kind of grow? Are you, um, are, are, are you, how you, I suppose my question here is how you, you, you plan to market it kind of moving forward, like how are you going to, I mean, obviously every piercer in the world will, um, you know, be really interested in, you know, a, 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 another organization like the APP opening, opening up somewhere. Um, how are you going to like make the general public aware um, in, in Northern Europe, what, what your organization is and, and, and what you plan to do? We have a few newspapers uh, lining up with articles. Oh, cool. Um, further than that, it's the PR group. <laughs> I yeah, know. I think Instagram, Facebook, marketing, and just person to person, if you're talking with your client, just tell them about it. Uh, advertising on your, yeah, not on your, uh, on your own Instagram, on your personal Instagram, your personal Facebook, um, things like that will, will be used i thought there will be but that's for piercers a flyer but i'm not sure that's still yeah didn't know yeah we're gonna mail uh, email and probably post as well a brochure to all piercers within the binny lab um and check what happens from there um belgium it's very hard to find the piercers yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to tell us if you look at the other countries usually when you go to the government website you just check piercers or whatever and then you have like everyone that's registered as a independent piercer in belgium that's not the case and when we contacted the government they were like you're not allowed to know so we did a google search but yeah, they're still popping up some while I'm scrolling on Instagram or Facebook. It's like, hmm, never heard of that shop before. Looking, checking, oh, they're not on the Google Drive. Let's add it. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy how, how many piercers we have. Never thought Belgium had that many piercers. Yeah, yeah we've got like, um, we, so we've got a, like a local government website that will tell you the piercers yeah. um, and tattooists. Um, I will say our one has not been updated in forever. Like um, there are three piercers listed on our local government website. I am not one of them. Um, um, so, and I've been there for like 18 months now. So like, um, and there's another guy in my town who's been there. He's been in Plymouth for at least three years and he's not on that list either. So like, yeah, they do not update that list very often. Nice. 
Horrible. You mentioned that you kind of got like uh, you, you said you member like member discounts and that you were also going to start an educational kind of you wanted it to be kind of almost an educational platform. Um, do you envision that being like a conference or like online seminars or like? Let's hope for a conference, but yeah, everything is weird now. Um, I know there are some piercers in the group that are willing to do some webinars, um, but yeah, we'll have to see how everything goes. Um, I think COVID is fucking everything. Yeah. Yeah. So you just we'll have to see. Yeah, there are no concrete plans. Riding the wave. Yeah. I mean, is it, it's kind of reasonably easy for you all to get to BMX, but like anything else, it's going to be a little bit trickier or so like coming to the UK is going to be, I mean, would that like for UK PP, would that be like prohibitively expensive for everyone or is that quite achievable or? I've never been to UK PP, so I'm, I don't know what the cost prices are to get there. Uh, I know BMX is like, for me, it's an hour and a half drive and okay. 400 euros all in, yeah, maybe 500 without without jewelry and, and so for a weekend that's not expensive. No, it's quite doable. The BMX tickets are more expensive than the UK ATP, I Yeah, but I, last time I went with Wes, so we shared a room. And for two nights, we stayed there, it was like 50 euros a person, maybe less. And we could drive there, so we didn't have to take any bus, train, airplane or whatever. So that was cheaper for us. I think I spent at UK, PP, I spent uh, 500 pounds. Uh, yeah, okay. so 500 pounds is like 600 so, euros. Including yeah. jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 we don't need jewelry in that. Like, I <laughs> like yeah. I, I, um, uh, well, when I when I first went to UKPP, I said like, right, whatever I take today, like in the studio, I'm just gonna take and spend on jewelry, and I spent that in the first two hours, and I think I ended up like going into like my rent money and stuff because I was just like, I, oh, it's all so pretty. <laughs> First year I went to BMX and I was like, okay, so this is for jewelry, this is for beer, <laughs> and just don't overdo it. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I overdid it like Ooh, shiny stuff. Euro, yeah. <laughs> Four hundred euros, I was like, fuck. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so, I remember walking UK APP and just uh, you came straight onto Neo Metal and then on the other side was Star, I think. Yeah. And then there was Danila, the other side, and Anato Metal, and IS, and I was like, where do I start? Yeah. <laughs> and then there was like Auris, just like just left as you came in there, in the door. Yeah, it was it, like really overwhelming. I've never seen that much jewelry before. It like just in one place. So I was yeah, blown away. I remember the first time at BMX that it's like you have jewelry on the second floor i think but there was also jewelry on the first floor but i didn't knew that until the last day okay so it was like, so like a little was, yeah i was like oh nice more <laughs> i was like fuck more but yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i just sorry come on. 
That's typical me finding something on the last day and then fuck. <laughs> I didn't see this before. At least all the good stuff wasn't gone. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it might have been gone because I didn't see it. So. What was left? Yeah. I don't remember what was down there. I think it was IS downstairs, and then what was there a septic? So an metal was downstairs. So, yeah, upstairs was like, um, let me think, Maya, Gorilla Glass, IS Europe, because downstairs was IS UK. Okay. Which, uh, what was there? Danilo was upstairs, Sar was upstairs, and the, oh, that Mexican gold brand. Um, sacred Yeah, Sacred Symbol. Yeah. Yeah, they were actually, yeah, UK PP went on as well. Um, they're cool. I like their sacred symbol stuff. It's really beautiful drawing. Yeah. Um, so are there any, like, particular challenges that, like, that, that you face as piercers in, in, in Northern Europe in terms of meeting APP standards? Because, like, I mean, for us, obviously, jewellery, we get import and BAT and stuff like that. And, I mean, that automatically means that anything that we buy from the U.S., automatically costs us 20, 25% more. Um, but then we don't have the struggles that some countries have with like getting things like sterile gloves and decent needles and stuff like that. Um, are there any like particular challenges that, that, that Northern European pierces face in meeting those standards or? Jewelry, jewelry is the hardest part. Yeah. Uh, getting, well, we, now, now you have IS, uh, Europe IS, you have uh, a septic, so getting an metal and, and industrial strength isn't that hard anymore, but yeah, it's 20-25% more expensive, so you yeah. have to educate your client, it's hard. Well, it was hard, it's still hard, but quality yeah. sells. Yeah. Do you think like the tide is, is kind of changing on that, or do you think that like the majority of shops will always probably be, you know, Kind of run in the middle, not to give I think the majority will 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 always be uh, the cheaper ones because, yeah, for humans we, we want we want a lot for yeah for, for we want a lot of shiny stuff but not for a lot of money. <laughs> so I think it, it yeah it will be hard. Uh, getting everybody up to date and up to standards but if you have like 10 percent i think that's a decent goal 10 percent of the piercers will be a lot in belgium yeah i mean it was um the netherlands at least and um i remember hearing brian talk about this a little while ago the netherlands at least was kind of interested in uh discussing the effects of like gun piercings on public health um, that's certainly not something that we've seen in the UK and it would seem kind of like almost alien to us to have the UK government take an interest in say piercing methods. Is that exclusive to the Netherlands or do you think like other governments are, are kind of interested or? Belgium was interested as well. We, we yeah. had with the Corona stuff, we had both countries had meetings with the health department and we mentioned it and both um, health departments were interested. Yeah. But the Netherlands already has a meeting scheduled. Yeah, next week they have a meeting yeah, scheduled. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Belgium, they said, yeah, we'll contact you, but oh, we haven't heard them. 
so we'll see if they ever contact us or we'll have to contact them but yeah how do you I, I, I knew after after the first lockdown I tried to contact the health department um, because yeah facial masks were required I was like yeah what about nostril piercings what about oral piercings uh, I mailed them I called them and after I think so I mailed in May and I in August I got a reply yeah you can do whatever you want I was like oh, okay And do you, how do you how do you see APP Benelux fitting into that conversation? Do you think that you'll be able to, um, like, do you do you already have like government contacts that you can utilize, or is that something that your the organization is going to have to build? Or I know uh, Lucas from Pipe Piercing who is who will be a member and who is helping with uh, the organization. He has a lot of contacts within government through uh, a tattoo organization. He's he's not a member of a tattoo organization, but um, the yeah, president, I don't know how it's called there, uh, contacted Lucas regarding piercing and Lucas said from, that we were working uh, on our organization and so he got the contact info already, I think. Um, okay. So that's good. And is that going to be, so like a, a lot of the other organizations have that as a board position, you know, they'll have like a medical liaison and uh, sort of legislative liaison and stuff like that. Is that is that going to be a specific role within APP Benelux, or is that going to be a little bit more informal or a committee? Or no, we have it, but we are still looking for someone to uh, fulfill it. Okay. What board positions do you have so far? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, on the board, we have president, vice president, secretary, uh, treasurer, and PR. Yeah, public okay. relations. Yeah, and then we have well, the liaison and the legal. Yeah. yeah, legal. Okay, so it's like so, and legal deal with like the the organization's legal, you know, rather than the yeah. rather than legislative stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So those two liaisons still have to be fulfilled. Yeah, but we're looking for the medical, we're looking for someone external, so more of uh, someone in the medical field. Um, just, okay. Emmy uh, knew someone and she was going to ask her or him, I'm not sure. Um, but we haven't had any answers yet. Um, and for the legal, I think we're going to appoint in a, a book out of, how do you say it in English? An accountant, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. I mean, that's a, a pretty cool word. So your your idea, your medical liaison, is not actually going to be a piercer. If we find one. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's cool. Jobs. I mean, I, I don't know about other organisations, but um, uh, who's uh, I can't think who the APP medical liaison is right now, and then um, Alex Wilkins in the the, the UK for the UK medical group. Um, like, I don't think. I think it's Pablo in. Yeah, it could well be Papa. Um, but like, I think everyone who's been in that position, certainly in UK APP, and I think probably APP as well, they've never had a medical professional. They've always been someone who's a piercer, you know. So um, you'd be pretty unique in that regard, right? Yeah, but I'm not sure how we got about that idea. I think it was Emmy's idea because she was like, "Yeah, but why don't we look for someone who is willing to help us?" that has the knowledge uh, mm. on the medical side of the, uh, of the 
a spectrum. Yeah. Because we had two people who wanted or who were able to do the medical liaison, but then time was an issue. And we started thinking, like, if they can't do it, then we honestly don't see another future to fill it because they were really two um, ideal okay. people. So I think it went from there that we thought, like, why don't we just look? I think it was Stuart who said, why don't yeah. we look outside of the organization? Okay. Um, but Emmy, exactly. Yeah, because she already contacted, contacted some before uh, yeah. setting up the AP. It's a great idea. Like I really, I really like that idea. Like that's something I definitely like to see other organisations doing. Um, because although you know, I, I, it's probably easier to train a medical person to understand piercing than it is to train a piercer to understand medical stuff, right? Like unless they go out and yeah. seek that education on their own, it's going to be very difficult for a small organisation to be able to pay for that kind of training for for a piercer. So yeah, no, that's a, a really interesting idea. Exactly. Yeah. Um, unless you can get Brian Skelly, I think it's hard to find someone uh, as good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I think Lola did it. Brian on board. <laughs> yeah. well, he's in France, right? So it's not... Yeah, you can always ask him. Yeah, but I think he has. I think he's retired from that. We did. We really? did ask. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh no, no, I, I, like he's, he's he doesn't stopped. have any time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he didn't. He to help with anything that if we asked something. Yeah. 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 I think he he gets annoyed by the messages I send him. Hey man, I found uh, this new jewelry. Uh, can you check uh, the certificates for me? No. <laughs> I think every time he sees my my name pop up, it's like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> I, uh, I always send messages about my autoclave or NBO or whatever. That's my one. Is this correct? Is there a better way? <laughs> what product do you use? <laughs> Sending random questions about sterilization. Like, is this okay? Is that okay? <laughs> and the entire world is just asking him questions about anything. Yeah. <laughs> He's always open to it, so that's always yeah. good. It doesn't matter what time of the day, you send him a message and within three, four hours you get an answer back. It's like, what the fuck, don't you sleep, man? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I felt it makes you think. I always have to think about his answers. I'm like, what is? What does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> like a riddle or something. <laughs> he doesn't have to give it give it away for free. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> You're always looking at the message. Okay. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. Are you um, are you taking applications from countries outside of Belgium, Netherlands, and Luxembourg, or are you just sticking it? Everybody's welcome, yeah. Cool. They just need to meet the standards. So how would I go about yeah. that then, if I wanted to become a member? Geraldine, that's your cup of tea. We're going to have a link on the website. Um, it's an online uh, form that you have to fill in. So yeah. it's pretty easy. It's just uh, go through the form and just everything you add your uh, certificates in your files or your screenshots or whatever. Uh, so there's a, it's, it's honestly almost the same as the APP. So you have the personal, um, the environmental, uh, then your certificate, um, yeah, or your documents and a questionnaire. Um, and a video. And a video, yeah. And a video. So it's 
Yeah, it, it, I think it's the same as the APP, just a little less strict in the beginning. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's gonna be the same. And most of you, most of the people who've joined that, are they um, a lot of you, a lot of you APP members, or? I think we have two. Uh, yeah. Two, and we have one that's almost there to be APP as well. Oh ah, yeah. But all, all in, in the Netherlands, I think. Yeah. <laughs> all in the Netherlands. Wow. The Netherlands. Netherlands. <laughs> but we're all, all very young as well. And the, between the founders, we have a few ancient ones. But then there's ancient a ones. <laughs> then there's a whole Lucas will hate you for telling that. Yeah, but Lucas has a lot of experience, yeah. and there's Emmy who has a huge amount of experience. Um, Emmy was also Lucas' apprentice, I think. Not apprentice, I worked. She worked there. She um, apprenticed in the Netherlands somewhere. But then, you know, but then there's like Aiko and me, and there's a whole bunch of others who have less than five years experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that was our win in making this thing. Yeah. Life is that we had a lot of young a lot of time. Yeah, we didn't also have the struggle that they already went through before, so we were a complete fresh uh, bucket of motivation, <laughs> and we just went for it. Uh, so I think because it was really the young ones who, yeah, we don't have kids, we don't <laughs> we don't have any responsibilities, <laughs> so we just went for it. <laughs> I know the only responsibilities I have are my two cats and my girlfriend. So yeah. <laughs> Mate, honestly, my, my pets but, uh, are so much more difficult than my children. <laughs> <laughs> like, by a country mile, my dog is a nightmare and my children are really low maintenance. So, like, yeah, I uh, <laughs> definitely the, the dog would prevent me doing something like this rather than before the kids did. <laughs> then you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool to see the energy. Um, I don't really know how... Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose the, when the APP was set up, it was mostly pretty youthful people, kind of, who just wanted to push things forward. So, um, yeah. I think the, the youthful kind of energy does, it definitely is, is a big advantage. Yeah, and just the lockdown helped. We didn't have anything to do, so we're just yeah. meeting yes. up through Zoom, chatting through WhatsApp, Facebook, whatever. But not always just about APP, it was just, oh yeah, have you seen these these gloves? Yeah, I'm using these now, or I'm going to use these, or oh yeah, I bought a water distiller, or whatever. Everything went through WhatsApp. I think I have more messages in that group than in every WhatsApp group I'm ever in. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, that, not that I mind, but. No, of course not. So where would we, where, where would, where, like if I was looking for you, for you online, where would I find you? Games uh, first. You don't know the website, do you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, www.appbinilux.org. Cool. Is there an Instagram page yet? Or? Yes. Um, tomorrow we will change the name to appbinilux. Cool. And there's also a Facebook page, but I don't know the name, so... You don't know the name either? Yeah. Probably appbinilux, I, I think. I think also appbinilux, yeah, APP uh, space vanilla. Cool. All right. 
Um, well, I'll probably wrap it up a bit there. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Is there anything else you'd like people to know about APB Benelux? Or... Just join the website. Join us. Join us. Party with us. <laughs> Get the organization spot. Yeah, just join us. Join us in, in WhatsApp. Join us on Facebook. Join us everywhere. Cool. We're nice people. Well, most of us are. I know I am. <laughs> Yeah, we are also here to help and um, we have a lot of members who, who are within the founders who are struggling. Um, so we are here to help and we help each other all meet the standards and we're still a few who have difficulties but we'll get there. So we're at the end of the day we're just a big bunch of stabbers who want to help each other. Exactly. Um, yeah. Alright, well thanks so much for coming on. So I really hope you all um, enjoyed the interview. Um, as, I, as I said in the intro, um, it was really genuinely an honour to, 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 to be asked to, to help promote such an amazing new organisation. Um, if nothing else, um, I really look up to, to, to both Geraldine and, um, and, and Ico as Pierce's. So um, to, to have them reach out and, and ask to come on come on the show was um, you know, a, a real privilege. Um, I really encourage anyone, um, whether they're in Northern Europe or, or anywhere else, to become a member um, of APP Benelux. Um, I have to say, I, I genuinely encourage, or sorry, I genuinely uh, intend to put an application in um, myself as long as they'll have me because they seem like a really progressive organisation. Um, all the stuff that Stuart talked about on Monday made me, I thought, was really endearing. Um, um, and it's, um, it's really lovely that they've seen what, you know, sort of, organizations like the APP and the UK APP um, are doing and instead of trying to match those standards just decided to just go one higher you know in five years um, they will have some of the, the highest standards of any piercing organization in the world which is a really fantastic goal um, so um, I draw it to a close this week um, Friday's round table um, will be at the same time nine o'clock um, and we'll have a subject for you later in the week um, thanks for listening